Hey guys, welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. We have a special treat today for you. We just did, um, just a couple of days ago, an interview with a young lady, Ebony, who had mm. chosen life and gotten connected with Vicky. It's just a, mm. probably one of the most candid interviews um, and just conversations with yeah. a woman that was going for an abortion yeah. and changed her mind that I've ever I've ever been a part of. Really, just so honest and sincere and open. It it was and it was such a blessing and to hear her story truly. I I when she told it to me the first time, I I was literally crying. Yeah. Yeah, really there's a lot moving. going on, you know, obviously in our country with this coronavirus yeah. thing and yeah. all of that. And actually, you know, this uh story mm-hmm. actually has coronavirus thrown in there, you yeah. know. And this yeah. and as a matter of fact, as you guys listen, mm-hmm. you're going to hear how coronavirus, in one sense, helped to save a baby's life. It did. It did. And in fact, I had just come off of a rough day here, and I can't remember what was going on, but it had to do with the coronavirus. And then then contacted her and spoke with her. her, And she said, basically, it was the coronavirus that ultimately, in the first place, saved her baby. Yeah. And drew her out of that abortion center. Yeah. Well, so guys, without any further ado, we're going to uh, let you guys listen in on this conversation mm-hmm. that we had with Ebony, and I hope you're blessed as you listen. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord, send me, Lord. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Well, welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. We have today a special guest with us. We shared um, some months ago, we had a podcast with a young lady by the name of Jamie who chose life, uh, and that was an awesome podcast. We got a lot of good feedback on that, and a lot of people were encouraged. Well, now we have with us today Ebony. Can you say, hey, Ebony? Hey, how are y'all? <laughs> we're good, we're good. Um, our audio is a little little less good than it than it normally is because we're we've got ebony on skype but Due to we hope coronavirus and and the together. coronavirus <laughs> thing going on has got us <laughs> having to do this that's the way that it is but uh we do appreciate you coming on ebony and, and being willing to share your story um so yeah just getting getting into your story you know we we encountered you or vicky encountered you and and uh you were connected with her can you share a little bit about how you got connected with vicky yeah, sure. So uh, my brother lives in Charlotte. I live in South Carolina. Okay. And I reached out to him. I was kind of like a cry for help. Uh, he's He was a minister at one time uh, in New York, um, an ordained minister. But anywho, he reached out to um, Vicky's organization and uh, Vicky reached out to me. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. We've been right. connected ever since, and I'm thankful. I am. Yeah. I was telling Me someone too. yesterday how God just dropped all these great people into my life uh, just to kind of let me know, um, you know, that this is on purpose. This, yeah. this baby's not a, not an accident. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, so we know, you know, just from a little bit I've read and Vicky shared with me your story that there was a time in your life not too long ago that you were considering abortion where you didn't feel um, so much like this baby was a was a blessing, but maybe a little bit of a, a burden and, and you considered abortion. Can you share a little bit about what was going on in your life, what was going on in your heart and your mind at that time? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> when I uh, I was with the 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 father um, of the baby, uh, we were together for eight years, almost nine years. And <clears throat> when I got pregnant, uh, I wasn't ecstatic about being pregnant, but, you know, I wasn't necessarily considering abortion. Yeah. Um, I did. It did cross my mind a time and uh, in my early stages. And then I kind of, you know, let that go. Well, um, four days before we were supposed to get married, he um, he came to me and told me that he had some news for me and uh, that he did not want it to affect our marriage. He still wanted to go forward with our marriage. And he told me that he slept with his he has two daughters, a 13 year old and a 15 year old. He told me that he slept with their mom and she was two and a half months pregnant. He slept with her on Christmas and I was devastated. I was heartbroken. I felt like um, I just all I could think was that I did not want this baby. You know, I didn't want the attachment. I didn't want to have to do it on my own. You know, I, I didn't really. I wasn't really ecstatic about it in the first place. I didn't look at it as a blessing at 42, you know, when I'm not married. I looked at it like, um, you know, I've been sexually sinning and now this is a a, more like a punishment instead of a blessing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think I mean, a lot of folks, uh, a lot of folks listening can identify, you know, a lot of the, the ladies that we that we've ministered to over the years can identify with that sort of sense of betrayal mm-hmm. and even, I guess, abandonment, which can be, you know, a, a fearful place to be in and also kind of a an angry place to be in, yeah. too. Was there oh, some yeah. of that going on? Just like almost like just anger at him and and just, man, I can't be with this guy. Yeah, I was angry. I was angry at him. I was angry at myself. You know, as I told Vicky, um, you know, I, I was I was I was angry at myself for allowing myself to get in this position. But I was angry at him and I wanted him to hurt. So I just knew I just I'm going to have a baby. Yeah. Uh, you know, had this attachment and I ended up scheduling um, an abortion in New York. New York is the only place that will do an abortion, you know, at 26 weeks. Uh-huh. Um, maybe I think other states, if there's a medical reason and or something like that, but New York will, you know, allow you to do an elective abortion at yeah. 26 weeks. Now and at that so time I, you lived, you, 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 now you live in South Carolina and at that time you lived in South Carolina. Is that correct? Yeah. I was yeah. going to travel to go get it done. Okay. Yeah. I actually, yeah, I got up there. I went up there and I had my mind made up, you know, I was going to go and, and get rid of my baby. And then, um, when I got up there, uh, the coronavirus was 
you know, just establishing itself in New York. You know, it was probably about maybe 1,500 to 2,000 cases, something like that. Of course, it was growing every day, but um, I just, I was supposed to have the procedure done. It was a four-day procedure. I was supposed to go on Monday, uh, and then the final procedure would have been on Thursday. Um, In the the midst of that, I kind of did some reading about the procedure um, and it, it was gut wrenching really. Yeah. yeah. But I still, uh, there was still that human part of me that just, for some reason I didn't care. I just, I was, you know, and and one of the things that I kept saying is, gosh, I'm being so selfish. And really all I kept thinking about was me, my feelings, how I felt. I, I cannot take care of this baby by myself. I don't want to be alone. Um, you know, it was just all about me. And yeah. so I decided I, I'm going to go forward. I'm going to get it done. And um, so I started reading as I was waiting for the day to come. Because um, I went there on a Thursday as I was waiting for Monday to approach. I started reading about the procedure. And, you know, it's again, it's very it's gut wrenching. You know, they it's a uh, when you're that far along. First of all, it's a baby. It's a it's a it. I mean, from conception, it is a baby. Um, and people can say, well, not till the heart beats or not till this. And, you know, certain things I have mixed feelings about, but it is a baby. And yeah. I saw this baby. She has 12 fingers like I did, you know, and and yeah. And still I was still going to I was still going to terminate her. Um, and so. Uh, the procedure is, uh, you know, they put something in you and and then uh, it it uh, kind of dilates you and then you come back and ultimately they dilate you and you deliver the baby yeah. um, and they crush the skull and it's heartbreaking. It is. Yeah. It is absolutely yeah. heartbreaking. Um, you know, Ebony, I'll, I'll say just to just mm-hmm. to jump in um, a little bit, I'll say, you know, I, I appreciate your being very candid and being very honest and sharing what was going through your mind and what was going through your heart, because not not a lot of folks are willing to come to terms with, you know, the you just spoke about how you were being selfish and focused about you and and it was about me and what I felt. And, you know, just being open like that is is really helpful, you know, for people who are, you know, in my position, who've never been in your position for to kind of understand the mindset of a woman that would go and, and have an, have an abortion, especially that far along, you know, like you said, it's a baby at conception and you know, that baby, you know, it's a human being, it's a person, but when you can actually feel that baby moving inside of you and, you know, you can see very clearly on the ultrasound, you know, 10 fingers and 10 toes, it's a human life. It, it's, it's a bit of a jump to go to an abortion clinic in New York and to go through all of that. So for you to share, you know, from your heart, what you're experiencing is really helpful. Let me ask you, um, Ebony, did, were there any voices speaking against the abortion at this point in your life? No, um, actually, uh, before, before I went to New York, um, Mm -hmm. I had, I, I put a gun to my head and, you know, I, I contemplated suicide. I, and this is when my brother Hassan stepped in uh, and, and contacted you guys. Um, I just did not 
I, I, I just did not want to be here. And I, so I, I sat in the bathroom and um, as I was sitting there, I could hear loud and clear, um, you know, I could hear, go ahead and do it. Pull the trigger. Mm. Just takes a second. It'd be all over. Mm-hmm. Once you do it, just go on and pull the trigger. Then you don't have to deal with this anymore. And I just like, um, I just, I don't know if it, it was, although I still um, did not change my mind at that time about the abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, I I knew that something was not, that wasn't God. That was. Yeah. So what um, you're describing, and I think a lot of us, you know, everybody has felt at some point and you probably, you know, you experienced it on a, in a more heightened level, you're experiencing spiritual warfare. You're experiencing lies from the devil, uh, speaking things to you that were obviously not not good. Did you know that? Did you recognize that? I'm sorry. No, I was going to say that's exactly the way Vicky described it to me was spiritual warfare Vicki what were you saying did I well I was just wondering if if you recognized at the time as you're listening to that voice what what are you thinking you were thinking okay this is not from God um what did you think it was from um the only the way the only way that I can kind of make it um picture clear is I I just kind of if you ever see like uh a cartoon or uh, something where you have the devil on one shoulder and God on the other. Um, I didn't hear any, I didn't hear God's voice. I didn't. Um, but, uh, I knew that I'm not on the devil's team. And so I immediately cried out. I said, God, you got to do something with me. You got to do something with me because, um, I, I got in my car and I put that gun to my head and um, I was going to pull that trigger. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, well, I know I, we're, we're thanking God that you didn't, you know, we're, we're glad we're able to talk to you here and that me you too. Know, the, the Lord, uh, by his grace protected you from doing that. Yeah, but, but what stopped you? I guess I, I never got that uh, a clear sense of what made you not, because you've got a voice, a, an almost audible, you said, voice that is saying, pull the trigger, just do it, get it. It sounds very compelling. With I was scared. All, all your despair, so I was it was scared. Fear. I was scared. I was uh-huh. scared because... I'm not a I'm not I'm not a person that has never had a relationship with God. If I, you know, stared away or walked away, whatever I've gotten myself into mm-hmm. at that moment when I when I heard that loud and clear, I was scared. I, you know, I don't wanna I didn't wanna die. I something in me at that moment didn't care and that voice, you know probably is what woke me up like no 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 you can't die um I was afraid and I I thought about my daughter you know my daughter need she needs me I didn't think about my my unborn child but my eight-year-old she needs me and if I would have taken my life you know who would she be with I don't have family here or I just Well, you know, in one sense, I think, you know, it's almost like the devil overplayed his hand. You know, (laughs) he spoke that voice. And then you remembering because you've, you know, 
you've been raised around the things of God from what I've, I've heard a little bit from you. You've at least known about the things of the Lord and his word. And you knew that voice couldn't have come from God because, you know, God comes to give us life and more abundantly. So I praise God that, you know, that you didn't do that. Um, and that, you know, you're still able to talk to us and, and the Lord is working in your life. If you could, Ebony, talk a little bit about, because after that point, it wasn't like you decided to keep the baby at that point. You, you still went ahead and went to New York, right? So what yeah. was, what was going through your mind as you were, you know, just had that experience and now you're going to, to New York to potentially go through with this abortion. What was going through your mind and your heart on the way to New York? Is that spiritual warfare still going on? I'm sure it was. Yeah, I well, when I was contemplating, um, you know, when I went to when I was going to take my life, it wasn't even that I felt like hopeless or I didn't want this baby. And yeah, okay. which was what heightened that that feeling. So. Even after that, you know, that was one hurdle over. Okay, I'm not going to kill myself. Clearly, that's not the right thing to do. Mackenzie needs me. But I am still going to get rid of this baby because I don't want this baby. And I don't know how I'll make it another four months um, pregnant. I don't know how I'll make it. I just won't make it. So um, I just felt like I just I still didn't want. I, there was nothing else. There was nothing in me that felt like keeping this baby was the right thing yeah. to do. Did you drive to New York or you, did you take a plane? I flew. Yeah, okay. I flew to New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that was uh, kind of like you said at the very beginning of the coronavirus scare and all of that. So people were mm-hmm. still flying and all of that. It's probably yeah. a, a pretty, pretty, uh, I guess, surreal thing going on as you're, yeah. as you're flying there. Um, yeah. Where did you where did you end up at as far as the abortion clinic there in New York? There's there's several of them there. Um, do you know which um, abortion clinic you went to? I didn't. It wasn't an abortion clinic. They actually okay. referred me because I've had so many surgeries. Um, I have a lot of scar tissue and mm-hmm. adhesion. So I actually would have had to have my procedure done at Bellevue Hospital. Okay. Um, Bellevue and Mount Sinai were the only two. And Bellevue is the one that accepts my insurance. Yeah. So uh, my my procedure would have been done at Bellevue. Okay. Um. Yeah. And so you went there and you kind of checked in at the hospital at that point? Or did you even check in? No, I didn't check in. I just, uh, once I got, I got to the point of reading, um, and I still hadn't changed my mind. It got mm-hmm. to, uh, Monday morning and, you know, I was getting myself up and getting myself, you know, I was getting myself ready and, <sighs> I was looking at CNN and those numbers were rising and they had, um, Uh, Bellevue was actually one of the hospitals that were housing some of the corona patients. Okay. Um, And so that with, I don't know what it, at that point that, you know, I said, I could, I could die either way. You know, I could, I could go in there and, and, and have an abortion. I can die while they're delivering the baby because even, uh, me being 42, I'm high risk. 
And I have to have several, I have to have a hematologist in the room with me because of their fear that I could bleed to death. Um, And I don't think during an abortion, they would have cared enough to, especially with Corona going on, there's so many things going on and these doctors in there. So I don't know if they would have had a hematologist there to make sure that I didn't bleed to death. You know, this is, this is a procedure that I was electing to do. It wasn't, you know, so I didn't know what the care level would be. And then besides that, I just, I just kept thinking, you know, I could die delivering this baby. I could die, uh, aborting this baby. I could die just walking in the hospital. I could get sick because there's people there, they're housing people with coronavirus. And then the things that I read, I just, you know, it just stopped me. Corona scared me. Um, There just was no way. Everything was against, you know, the odds. It was just too much. And I just started feeling like, that's not the right thing to do, you know, yeah. and God put things in my way to, um, that's how I feel. I, I feel like yeah. he put things in my way to, to show me, you know, this is not the right thing to do. Um, so yeah. he did speak something to me. Um, he did, you know, as I, I prayed and, you know, he did, uh, say to me, uh, if, if you take a life uh, that doesn't belong to you, the consequences will be worse. And uh, that was after the whole, you know, this is while I'm in New York. You know, I was like really going through up and down battles. And I just all I knew is I didn't want this baby. But, yeah. you know, after praying and um, just, you know, asking God to do something with me and seeing all these people dying with this virus and, you know, there's people that can't have kids and here I am taking away one. And, you know, just the, the, the articles I was reading about abortions and the actual procedure that, that, that I would have had to go through. It just, you know, he put all of these things in front of me and I just, it's just not the right thing to do. So there was a shift at this point where you're actually thinking about God. You're feeling like God was speaking to you. You're feeling like God was putting barriers up. Had you been, and and you mentioned praying to God, had that been the case prior to flying out to New York? Had you been praying and feeling like you were hearing God or even attempting? What, What was going on in terms of your relationship with God at that point? I didn't pray on purpose. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't pray on purpose because I, you know, the 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 spiritual side of me. I, I still read my Bible and, you know, things like that. But I, the my carnal mind just took over that, and I haven't been um, doing. You know, I'm still. I was still sleeping here with someone, and I wasn't married yet, and so. You know, I still wasn't living the life that I really should have been living. You know, with God, it's either it, there's no in between, you know, mm-hmm. black and white. There's really no gray in the middle. You're either in or you're out. And yeah. so when I purposely didn't pray because I, I didn't want to hear, um, you know, I didn't want him to tell me not to do it. I didn't want him to send someone to, you know, 
speak to me for him. I didn't want, you know, you can, you can hear God and and deny, you know, Mm -hmm. that you hear him. That's not God talking to me. That's Mm -hmm. not God. But he always confirms things. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, he could have sent someone to me. I just didn't want to hear anything. And I even had a friend who I was speaking to during this time. And I even told her, I said, I don't want to hear anything about God. So if you're going to talk to me about God, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear yeah. it. Yeah. And um, so I you didn't want to hear because you knew his answer, basically. I knew. Right. Yeah. 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 So. so so you're in you're in New York and you've now you're terrified. Basically, Corona, who was killing so many people, saved your baby. I mean, you <laughs> out of fear of Corona turned away, never went. What happened next? Did you just fly right back home or? I flew back home. Yeah. And what's I, going on in your head through all of that? Are you still feeling totally torn up or? No, I actually didn't have any feeling of aborting this baby. I, it was like a complete shift in that aspect, I did contemplate other things like adoption and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but mm-hmm. abortion was n- no longer an option. And I went back, just, I came back home just thinking, wow, I can't believe what I just went through. I, I, it wasn't even, you know, it wasn't even me. I wasn't even myself. And, um, I'm just so thankful because I can't imagine the emotional, maybe mental torment that I would have had to experience after, um, after that. Yeah. Um, well, I know, you know, just, you know, from my perspective, you know, I've never been in your shoes before, you know, I was a, a father pretty young, so I know a little bit, you know, from the, from the guy's perspective, but from a woman's perspective, obviously, I don't, I don't know. So you to share your heart, it's really helpful for me. And I know it'll be really helpful for people that are listening because, you know, people, people think, you know, some folks that, you know, just going into an abortion clinic, women just flippantly go in and they, you know, you've spoken a lot about the selfishness that you were (laughs) embracing and all of that, but you didn't just go with this thing flippantly. There's some fear and there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of anxiety, a lot of issues in your life. And thankfully the Lord, put things in your path to keep you from going in and doing that. And and you heeded his voice in that sense. And we're thankful for that. But the Lord also, after you got back home, also put Vicki in your life, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Talk a little bit about that relationship and, and just some of the things, because, you know, obviously your situation didn't go away. You know, you weren't in New York anymore. You weren't contemplating abortion anymore, but there's still struggles and, and those kind of things. What are, as far as the relationship with Vicky, what what happened that helped you along in, in that relationship, if you understand what I'm asking? Um, let me say that I sent my brother, uh, my brother is not, you know, he doesn't answer his phone okay. a lot. And so... Like most brothers, let yeah, me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so... I sent him a picture of me with that gun to my head, and it was... Uh-huh more like, hey, I need you to call me. This is serious. You know, I didn't say that. I just sent him the picture. Yeah. And he called me back right away, you know, and this, of course, is before I left for New York. But he had reached out 
um, to Vicky's organization. He reached out to them before I let that day, you know, he was calling people and I called a suicide, you know, he said, call this number, call this number. Uh, it's the suicide hotline. And I called and it was not, you know, it didn't, that wasn't what helped. Um, I you know, that, that hotline I called because I didn't, I was scared. I didn't want to kill myself, but I felt like if I got to carry this baby, I'm out of here, you know, I'm not doing this. And, um, so anyway, when I got back from New York, uh, I guess that, you know, that, um, request for help, uh, to reach out to me had already gone out. And so now I'm back and, you know, I'm home and I'm back to work and just trying to get myself back to some kind of normality. And then my brother texted me. He said, hey, there's uh, someone trying to reach out to you. Um, When are you available? And I'm going to be so completely honest. I am not the person that will follow through with something like this. I'm not. I, 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 I normally... Um, just try to just take care of whatever I need to on, on my own without. Basically, basically, you don't like people in your business, right? <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, you know, no, I get that's it. about it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I get it. I, uh, I try to sugarcoat that thing a little bit, but you got me, Daniel. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm kind of like that too, you know. <laughs> um, but Vicky, she called me, I, I think on a Thursday, my day off, uh, 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 she reached out to me and I talked to her for over an hour and she was just like, um, you know, we talked about God and, and we talked about, you know, she kind of shed some, she asked me questions, you know, like, what does it mean, you know, that you're saved? What do you think that means? And, you know, she just really got me to thinking, about what Jesus Christ really, you know, she had me remember, you know, what is, what does Jesus Christ mean to you? And he should be the focal point of my life because nothing's going to work without that. People think that they're happy and it's not happiness. You know, that's why you have, you know, people think money makes them happy. And that's why you have all these rich people that are committing suicide and things like that's not happiness, you know? And so talking to her was just, it was like God just sent the angel to me and I, I didn't ask for, for, for anything. She's just been a blessing, you know, offering, uh, counseling services that I'm very excited to take. I have a mentor now that I speak to every day. Um, yep. Teresa, she's awesome. Um, I speak to Shelly and I just want, you know, I've decided to keep my baby. I'm not going to give her up for adoption. I'm going to keep her. And um, Vicky, it's nothing that they were going to do. They have um, all of this help and just spiritual help and just being being there for me. Vicky checks in on me. And um, she's just been such a blessing. And it is nothing uh, physical or financial or anything that anyone can or is doing for me that makes me feel that way. I'm just so grateful that God um, sent them to me because it has helped me to um, 
just kind of keep moving in the right direction. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it really you know, has a lot because of times it's in so our lives, easy. To, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of times in our lives, you know, it's not like you said, the physical things or, you know, for some people it is, financial lack and all these other things. But some of the most important aspects of a struggle like this and us getting through a struggle is people around you that are encouraging you, people that are, mm-hmm. you know, holding you accountable and speaking the truth to you in love, um, but encouraging you along too. You know, people like Shelly and like uh, Teresa, your mentor, and then Vicky. Um, you know, I know in my life, <laughs> people mm-hmm. who encourage me along, it's like I don't know if I could have made it through without mm-hmm. that encouragement. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. I appreciate you sharing that because that's a mm-hmm. that's a powerful thing that we all can do yeah. for other people. It's what, encouraging. What, what I know you were you were thinking about um, after abortion was off the table, then adoption was very much I think in in your thoughts. What what changed? What what happened that made you decide you would like to parent your baby? Um, for one, Mackenzie, my daughter. You know, she is, you know, she said to me, she said, Mom, you know, I'm lonely. And, (laughs) and, you know, I I don't think that God would have given me the opportunity. There's so many people that can't have children, you know. It could be a gift either way, you know, person yeah. that can't have children, I, I could bless them with a child, but God gave her to me. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, he feels like, you know, I gave her to you because you you can do it. And mm-hmm. so and and I'm here to help you. Um and I, I will say, you know, even with, you know, Vicky t- telling me, you know, we'll have a baby shower for you and stuff like that. You know, I was sitting yesterday and, and I was just I was praying and I just was like, Lord, thank you, because mm-hmm. these are not things that I've asked for. And he's just letting me know you you're going what what are you concerned about? Are you concerned about taking care of or not being able to take care of a child that I gave to you haven't I provided for you the whole time you had Mackenzie Mm -hmm. and I and I was afraid of having her I I didn't consider you know the same I wasn't in the the mindset that I was in with this child but um I was afraid you know like goodness Mm -hmm. how am I gonna take care of baby my money is not right you know and babysitting and he's not he hasn't felt me yet Mackenzie has always had someone to watch her. She, you know, even if it's been a struggle, if I had to take her to New York for the summer with my sister or whatever it is, that it's always been a way made. And it's the same way this time. And it just made me see, you know, God is going to, he is going to provide. I don't yeah. have anything to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. And he thought of me to be able to conceive at 42, right. even though it was out of, sin he still allowed me to conceive and like Vicky said I don't know you know I don't know what this baby you know could bring into this world you know it could be the next president the first female president you know we just don't know and who I was going to take her away you know I was going to I was going to take her away and I I have to work now on forgiving myself for that you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, that's really been my, for the past couple of weeks, that's really been the thing that comes back mm-hmm. to me is just, 
you know, forgiving myself for even thinking to go in that direction. Right, um, right. But if you've repented before the Lord and, and the Lord died a horrific death for you to pay the penalty for your sin and he has forgiven you when you repented and, and turned from that sin, you know, I ultimately, know. ultimately, we, we have to just figure if he can forgive us, we definitely need to forgive ourselves. Forgive ourselves. But you do have something to worry about because um, there's going to be a big fight here in Charlotte about who gets to give you the baby shower. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. So we so we do know it's a girl. It's a girl. Is that correct? It's a little girl. Okay. Her name is Zeta Sky. Vega? Zeta. 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 Uh-huh. Zeta wow. Sky. Yeah. Zeta Sky. That's a beautiful name. Does it have a meaning? Is there a special um, meaning? No, Zeta uh is prosperous and peaceful, I wanna say, and sky. I just I don't know. It just kind of came to me, but yeah. Very pretty. Yeah. And when when are you due? July fifth. Okay. Well, right after Independence Day, maybe even yeah. yeah. Independence Day. Yeah. yeah. It's an amazing story, Ebony. Yeah, yeah. Thank we really you. appreciate you sharing it, Ebony. Appreciate all that. You know, again, you just being very open and honest about what's going, what was going through your heart and your mind, and and all of that is. You know, that's, that's a rare quality for a person to be be that open, and we appreciate that. And can I ask you one more question? And Daniel may have others also, and I may end up having others. But what would you say to someone in a desperate situation like you were? What would you tell them that might give them hope and a, the ability to turn from that destructive path of abortion? I would say that uh, when that baby is conceived, uh, that is a baby. Uh, mm-hmm. It is a life. And, you know, as as God said to me, you know, if you take a life that doesn't belong to you, the consequences would be worse. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to know what that means. You know, you we don't want to have to to experience those type of consequences and there's other options you know there is adoption and although I decided not to go that route for my own reasons there are people out here that are not able to conceive and they can't afford you know to pay thousands of dollars to have you know labs do things to you know in vitro and stuff like that Mm -hmm. they will be so blessed um to to have a child to to raise your child um for you and there's all kind of different options with the with uh adoption now where you can still be a part of the baby's life kind of if you know if you want to but uh, Mm -hmm. abortion is murder it is it and um, my brother said something so harsh to me, um, and when he said it to me, I wanted to, when I say I wanted to swear at him, I wanted to curse him out mm-hmm. and say, how dare you say something mm-hmm. like that? But he said, would you take a gun and shoot Mackenzie in the head? Mm-hmm. And I said, how dare you? How dare you? I did everything but curse. I did everything yeah. but curse. Mm-hmm. But when I thought about it, 
it is murder. And it's just, I've never met this baby, but I feel her moving. And, mm. you know, my, my daughter and I and my son were born with 12 fingers instead of 10. And I saw the sonogram. She has 12 fingers just like wow. me. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And, I was wondering about yeah. that when you said that earlier. <laughs> we yeah, made a mistake. He, yeah, he corrected <laughs> oh, that's me like awesome. 10 fingers, 10 toes. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I would just say, please um, don't, don't, don't abort your baby, you know, there's get some, there's all kind of help and, you know, local mm-hmm. churches and, um, there's other options for you. Don't, don't kill your baby. Amen. Just, yeah. Yeah. Amen. Ebony. Yeah. Give me an outlet for love. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. We hope it was a blessing to you. If you'd like to get in touch with us, email me at dparks at cityforlife.com. And please check out our Sidewalks for Life site, sidewalks4life.com. God bless. Since I met you.